This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my yes. fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. How you doing? I'm Chuck. And I'm Godless. And this That's is your weekly examination we all. of all things metal, the Metal Sucks Podcast. Make sure you are a subscriber to this damn show all over the place, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Stitcher, Google, uh, you know, iTunes, whatever. It doesn't matter where you get it. If you subscribe, that way it comes right to your device. You don't have to worry about picking it up every week. But if you do... Slide over to Metal Sucks, because I know you're perusing all of the stories. Click on the podcast tab up at the top, and you can find all of our old podcasts listed right there. And, you know, download it or, you know, listen to a stream it while you're checking out something else online or whatever, you know. It goes great with porn. No, it goes great with, um, it goes great on its own. Okay, that's that's good enough. Uh, wherever you do, make sure you leave a comment or uh, leave us, uh, you know, something while you're out there. A review on iTunes or something, a couple of stars, tell us we suck, tell your friends about it. You can find us all over the place on social media. I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks and Godless Speaks on Facebook and Spotify. And you can find us at Chuck and Godless on the old Instagram as well as ChuckandGodless.com. That'd be our Patreon. So if you slide over there to uh, Patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless, you can help support us. We would appreciate it. We've got a couple new supporters. Thank you very much. We're going to have to start live tweeting this show now. So, uh, yeah, we got to roll yeah. that out here soon. Yeah, I posted a, a, a video the other day just like we had finished up our, an interview with somebody that is coming up on an upcoming show and I had some thoughts the next morning so I thought I'd just throw up a quick video which uh, we haven't done before and I thought maybe I'll just do a bunch of those and I'll do those instead of a live tweeting thing. That's tough to schedule. So, I mean, is it? it, it I, I watched the video but, I mean, it was a little forensic as far as like trying to figure out but it also felt like, you know, a little self-deprecating there. Like, you're like, oh, man, well, this is what we could have done better. Well, uh, yeah, because it, it's, I mean, that's how I roll after an interview. I'm, I'm like, sitting around trying to forensically figure out what could have been done better. What could it, what, what didn't I try? What did I, what should I have tried? What worked? What didn't? You know, all that sort of thing. So, Pulling yeah. back the curtain, bro. That's not good, man. You gotta, you gotta yeah. keep, you gotta keep that curtain closed so that nobody, nobody knows how. You know, we're we're completely insecure and have no idea what we're doing. So I mean, <laughs> you watch like a whole, whole bunch of our fellow podcasters all of a sudden start supporting us Patreon. That'd be pretty badass. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh, that's what that's what we need to avoid. Okay, cool. All right, never mind. But no, there's some cool stuff on there. There's that kind of content. We also add, you know, any outtakes or other stuff that we uh, don't post on the show. I've got a few of those that I need to pull out actually that we've recorded segments and didn't post them because we either. Uh, had something else that came up that we wanted to talk about or what or whatever and so i've got a few of those that just uh, are rolling around that i need to post and we've got a bunch of stuff already like that outtakes from interviews that we've done uh so check it out patreon.com slash chuck and godless if you so choose this week awesome we've got a good episode man we got to we got the agonist we got uh vicky from the agonist on 
uh, somebody we, we wanted to talk to for a while, actually. And it was funny because uh, Vince had posted that thing about the agonists are more popular than than he thought. Or what? Did you read that article that he had posted? Yeah, the other day? I did. And I was like, I, how did nobody know this? Why am I the only one who knows shit? I don't <laughs> understand. Well, I know. I was. Well, I thought it was kind of weird. I was like, I kind of always thought that they were pretty doggone popular. You know, I mean. And, and and you know the music is pretty good, you know. So I actually kind of enjoy their stuff and have since you know Alyssa White Glues was in it. And I mean, I think Vicky's done a great job picking up the baton and running with it. So we get to talk to her about the new record called Five that is out and uh, and and examine exactly what's going on with her. So yeah, yeah and she's got an interesting backstory, and she gives us a little bit of the lowdown on that seamless transition know, that right? happened. From Alyssa to her when Alyssa went over to Arch Enemy. I mean, we talked about that on the podcast before about how there's never been in the history of metal another slide from personnel that has worked out better, or at least from our side. So there may be a little bit of difference behind the scenes. Hmm. It gives us a little little hint hint at some... uh, Stuff that may have happened in there. So that's coming up here on the episode. We're also going to talk about being too goddamn old for this stuff anymore. Uh, I, I don't know if that's a way to pose that or not. Um, no, it's not. No? Okay. Because I don't want to because I don't want to sound like the, it's the old guys talking about you goddamn youngsters. But I think it's actually about about the changing ways of the way that we do things is changing so quickly now that it's getting harder and harder for bands to adjust uh, to the way that people are consuming their media, whether it's music, whether it's videos, whether it's uh, tour diaries, whether, you know, all those things that they post. And I think that's something that a lot of bands are thinking about. Some are doing, some are doing well. I just thought it was amazing that, you know, you're, you're like, Hey, why don't we play this song by this band that and i'm like that's a floppy earlobe band that's the stuff that i've been trying to talk you into playing why don't we talk about the floppy earlobe bands i'm like dude i've been how long i've been saying and i'm wondering whether there's something about this new car smell that's just affecting your brain it's like new car new music new Uh, everything i'm on drugs man i'm i'm on drugs right now so uh (laughs) just just know that uh that i'm a little a little fucked up uh well not not like really but Ibuprofen kind of you know going to my head. I'm I've had a big week. I've had like kind of a monster week of 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 shit. Uh, I was driving back from Dallas this weekend and I hit a bump in the road and my air conditioner in my car just shut off, <laughs> just completely Aww. shut off. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, I mean, and in Texas at you know in sitting here in October. It's still 95 fucking degrees. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, you realize like everybody else outside of I know. Texas was like, was like, your air, why do you give a I shit know. about your air conditioner? That's why I had to put it in context. I had to put it in context because yeah. it's still 95 degrees here in Texas right now. And it is, you know, it's just still miserable. You need your air conditioner. It, it, 10 months out of the year here in texas so it's put that in context though is that that should be in context the way you say oh it's miserable it's sunny it's nice it's not raining it's miserable it's fucking hot die, as shit dude whatever die rainbow die that's what i used to always call it <laughs> was there uh dude but i mean it may be sunny and nice but you're fucking melting man from the like your soul is turning into fucking ash as you stand in that sun uh, down here in Texas, so it's sort of brutal in a lot of ways. But my my car, one hundred ninety thousand miles on this fucking piece of shit, right? And I drove that thing and drove that thing and drove that thing. I've run it into a couple of things. 
uh, somebody backed into me the other day and you know jacked up my back bumper that had just gotten fixed and you know like it was it was it was having a day and basically I decided I'm like I am going to finally get rid of this and get me a new car and I went and I bought a new car this week so a brand new car did you get a used car I new got a pre-owned new uh, new car there you go pre-owned so, yeah. I like that okay so yeah I got a sensible I, dude and if nothing else the sexiest words that I can use I texted I was texting my wife while I was doing I was like responsible all right <laughs> practical oh yeah Aww. yeah I, you know I, I was hoping that you'd be like yeah they did a uh they, they've been supporting enslaved with their new greatest hits albums and therefore <laughs> i bought their car i mean that's that's how i always looked at car shopping before but no, you, know, you can't do that pretty nowadays. much Nobody? yeah i bought a used prius so hey, all right my favorite yeah i, I, bu- I bought i bought a used prius uh f- and uh, it's white with tan interior so it's about as plain as you could fucking get man i mean like <laughs> i'm i'm talking yeah baby it's awesome yeah like, like i said it's the sex mobile man responsible but dude you can get your no control decals all over that damn thing Shit, That'd be pretty yeah, awesome no i I, d- I just finally need a new car and i and i commute like a, a good hour both ways to work every day and you know i just needed the gas mileage so but it's uh, yeah and of course it's the prius is so cool because it's like it's like this is an old night rider joke but it's like sitting in darth vader's bathroom it really I mean, is yeah you got like buttons and lights and you know knobs and stuff and it's just everything and like oh it just feels like you're sitting in the future yeah it, it's pretty rad i gotta say that it is a pretty nice it's a 2014 so it's only a couple of years old you know it's a I got a fucking monster deal on the son of a bitch. Like basically half, less than half of what it would cost for a brand new one, and it's two years old. You know, it's got forty thousand miles on it, so it doesn't have hardly any miles on it. It's great, yeah. So, yeah, and of course, you know that happens. Great deal, new car payment, which you know that sort of sucks. And as soon as I do that, what happens is I start feeling this fucking pain in my back, and I'm like, oh god damn, what's going on? Uh, I start passing a fucking kidney stone, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, but you do. You're you, you pass great kidney stones like nothing. That's, <sighs> that's not, like a pastime for you. It's been a few years though. Hasn't it's it? been like three or four years since I passed the last one. And uh, and and the thing, the problem is, is that I went, I posted it on Facebook, man, and a four hundred dollar fucking CT scan with insurance, dude. Do you oh. believe that shit, man? Wait, a, why would you even bother that you know what's coming yeah but you gotta go for the doctor when you gotta go they gotta give you the scans and shit so they know what they're looking at and, so they can take your 400 bucks that's why well how big the fucking thing is that's the point is they need to find oh, out like how God. large it is well because i was you, you know i was worried it was gonna be bigger than the last one and the last one was like pissing a goddamn dime out of my yeah that was awful <laughs> 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 shit so this is gonna be this is gonna be fun I don't know. Do you name them? I should, right? (laughs) Fuck the Rock of Gibraltar. I tell you, it's it's awful. I don't know if you've ever experienced it before. Have you? You've never never had one? No, I I eat relatively well, I guess. Yeah, well, I think my problem is uh, is iced tea. Uh, I drink I drink a lot of iced tea, and that's that that's a killer, man. I used to be sodas back in the day. And that slowed it down. You know, I stopped drinking those, so that slowed it down. But the iced tea kills it, man. Oh, it just adds to it. So, yeah, at some point um, here, I'm probably going to be going in for either surgery or I'm, what I was hoping was they were talking about, like, the sonic surgery where they can, like, blast it with sound and fucking shatter it or whatever. 
And oh, dude, can you request the song? Well, this is what I was wondering. I'm thinking yeah. I'm going to go to Slayer over the weekend. So what I'm thinking is, is maybe I can stand in front of the fucking stacks at Slayer and just let it be blasted out by Angel of Death or something. You know, yes. like it'll be fucking awesome. <laughs> just like just stand there with your belly pressed up against the speaker. Yeah, That'd be hilarious. Yeah, yeah, just kind of rubbing up and down on it. You're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Anthrax, you know. Fight him. Yeah, fucking great. You know what's what's great is that everybody's ticket says no control radio presents, and this will be like the first time where you actually really are presenting it. Hey, all right, check this out, everybody. We need to scream all at the same time at this particular pitch. All right, all right, all right, all right. Here we go. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, Death Angel's opening up, so maybe he can give me a couple of high pitched screams. So. You know, awesome. I mean, you know, I'm hoping that maybe I can shatter this thing at the concert, but it's not looking good. Uh, it's not looking good at all. <laughs> it's oh, sucks. I'll tell you what. And uh, what, what are the odds you're going to pass it in the car? <laughs> dude, uh, please. No, not, 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 not on my interior. No, <laughs> not pretty freaking cool. Dude, yeah. If you get it all over like the, the interior and then, then you don't, you know, just let it dry, you know, <laughs> and then you got a story. Well, see, my wife was uh, mocking me because um, it's, it's like a reverse midlife crisis that I'm going through right now. You know, so I'm not buying the convertible and getting the new wife. I'm I'm sort of like embedding with what I've got. I'm like, well, uh, I think I need to go back and sing some barbershop music and buy me a practical vehicle. It's going to be great. You know, so I'm like, oh. Shut up. It's not that bad, is it? Uh, oh. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to Slayer. I'm going to try to get my kidney stones removed. <laughs> oh, dude, no. Oh, oh, I tell you what, man. All right, let's get into our interview with uh, with Vicky and stop talking about my uh, urinary tract. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> Vicky from uh, The Agonist is our interview on the Metal Sucks podcast. Vicky, how you doing? It's uh, Chuck and Godless from the Metal Sucks Podcast. I'm pretty good. How are you, Chuck? Doing well. So, Vicky, Chuck and I were just talking about, like, all right, so like back in the late 90s, I'm having this conversation with this keyboard player that I knew, and we were talking about hooks, right? Hooks and songs. And he was saying, mm-hmm. you watch, in the next few years, hook will be like, like it won't, won't, it'll be like a sound effect. It won't even be like... Uh, uh, you know, a, it doesn't a, have to be a, a whole two and a half second a long yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it'll be like almost, it'll be so infinitesimally small, you wouldn't believe it. And then, so Chuck, Chuck was talking about the millennial whoop, and it was like, yeah, I guess you're right, but it was, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's just what we were talking about, like, like, uh, uh, you know, this idea of like hooks and metal, and like, do they, you know, can they be long? Can they be short? You know, like riffs, all that. You, you must be like spending the last like you know few months just doing nothing but thinking about stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like that's exactly what it is. Like what is a hook, you know? It could be a word, a two-second word, or it could be an entire chorus, right? Um I I don't know personally, it's hard because when you're writing music, you don't have that um what do you call it? You're not listening to it like like say I wrote a song and it's out there and it's playing on the radio. When I hear it on the radio, I've already heard it in my head like a thousand, a million times, you know. I know what to expect. So it's not like me turning on the radio, playing and getting hooked to it because I'm already hooked to it. 
if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. So it's yeah, kind of hard so to have that perspective, like to step away from it and see it from that from somebody's exactly. outside. Yeah, okay. Exactly. It's hard because it, once you're in that like loop and that way of thinking, like to try to write hooks, sometimes you could write something that you would think, you know, that people are going to get hooked on and they won't. <laughs> and mm. another time you might write something you thought would be more like a, a filler or whatever. And then that ends up being the song that or the part that everyone keeps talking about. So, you know, it's hard. It, there's no like method to it necessarily you know and then at the same time like talking about listening to songs on the radio versus when you're writing when you listen to a song on the radio you like you said you know what what the song's going to do next but when you're writing a song you have no idea where it's going to go next and that's got to be well both exciting but also a little frightening <laughs> yeah yeah that that i guess is like part of the beauty in writing songs that you know like Personally, the way I write, you know, the guys send me a song, like a pre-prod of a song, and then I'll listen to it a couple of times and try to get in the mood of it and try basically to formulate my lyrics and my vocals around the emotion that I'm getting from the track. And sometimes it's like a natural thing, like I'll write the verse and then the chorus just comes next and then second verse and bridge or whatever. It's like you know, like inspiration instantly. And other times it's like what you just said, where you might write a part and then you're like, oh, okay, now what's next, you know? And that that's part of the beauty, how it's like, it's a challenge. And it's especially a challenge if you, you know, want to write something that's actually good and that <laughs> you will actually, you know, th that can speak to you as well as other people. And I know that's that's a very uh, subjective thing, you know, what, what, what makes a song good, what makes a song, you know, speak to us. But I think as an artist, it's important to never set the bar low and, you know, just try and improve and try and write stuff that that you feel in the moment can inspire other people listening to them. Sometimes the uh, the hookiest stuff can be the worst song ever. You know, it, might, it may just be <laughs> oh, catchy, but it, sa it says absolutely nothing. It does absolutely, absolutely. nothing. You know, so it's like, oh, yeah. uh, it's, uh, dude, I, I queued, I queued up every song in the Air Supply catalog the other day because I'm a huge Air Supply fan. And they, what's so great about Air Supply is that like they always always go for a hook, and you know when they, you know when they're all out of love, man, that hook just kills and it's perfect <laughs> and then other times it's like you can tell they're trying but they don't quite get it and it's but if they're trying you got to appreciate that you know i love that in, in some songs you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you said there's some songs where like there's the hook there and it's so good and it's not to a degree where you know the cheese is too much i guess and then there's other songs where like yeah the hook is there but it does feel like you're trying too hard do you feel like you have one song with like you, as soon as you put it down you're like yeah that's it that's a that's the hook right there that's that's a hard question uh -huh. See, I would have uh, thought it would be the moment because that seems like I, that, I mean, it's a freaking great <laughs> hook and yeah. you know it, yeah that's that's what I was gonna say actually because looking back when when I wrote the chorus to the moment it was it was the second song I wrote for this album. And once I thought of the chorus and I put it down, I'm like, 
yeah, this song is definitely going to be a single, you know. <laughs> and I said that way back before, like, having, we only had two songs done. So I guess I guess that's the song I would choose, yeah. I, I'm picturing you walking into that rehearsal room going, okay, guys, this is the single. Y'all can chill for the rest of this thing. We're good to go. <laughs> well, yeah. I didn't exactly say that. But, um, when you when you when I, you join up with the agonist, do you like start bossing everybody around right away? So that way, at least you set the tone for the next few years. You know that that's how you do it, right? <laughs> um, well, I was told that's how it was done, so I don't really want to do the same thing. <laughs> but Whoa, no, really, I mean, what does that mean? Oh, I just you know you hear stories about singers how they tend to be the bossy character in the band, you know, and never heard that really? before. No, never. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Yeah. Well, so then yeah. they would be used to it. You would have been like, it's all good. I got shoes to fill here. No problem. Now go get me coffee. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, I guess I could, but that's not really my character. <laughs> So you're saying they're taking advantage of you? Oh, you know, second album, you gotta you gotta step up and you know put these guys under your thumb a little bit. Yeah, well, maybe I sh- we should get them on the podcast. And you can tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> Council, uh, yeah, right. Hey, just show up with a big T-shirt that says "Boss" on it. You know, because there there are there are only two types of people in the music business: singer and staff. Right. Well, so, you know what's funny? I I have a shirt like that. There you go. <laughs> it actually says boss, but it's it's like mirrored, so you can only see the word boss in the mirror. Oh. Anyways, yeah, I, I have a shirt like that. So now, is that something that somebody buys you, and then you go, "Huh, why are you buying this for me?" Or is that something you get for yourself because you're like, "I got to make sure people know what's up." Well, no, actually, I got it for myself, and but the only reason I got it was because it was like $5, and it looked really cool, like the design of it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, sure, why not? <laughs> so you're saying you're a laid-back singer. You're, you're not giving these guys hell. You're you're easygoing and, 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 and taking it smooth. I hope so. If anything, if anything, they're giving me hell. Like, if you look at our history and the things I've had to do <laughs> with, like, hanging on, um, what do you call that thing? A harness and putting liquid latex on my body for a photo shoot. And now the moment video, you know, having my head underwater. So, yeah, I was going to say they were any- trying to drown you this time. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's really like, I don't know, it's hard work and, I'm I'm a trooper when it comes to, you know, sacrificing for the arts and trying to get the best possible outcome. So it's like, sure, I'll do whatever, you know, at the uh, end of the Chuck, day, you it hear that? Cool. It sounds like she's setting herself up for renegotiation. You hear that? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, I mean, this is your first, uh, th- this is really your first band, right? I mean, as far as uh, this kind of group, right? Yeah, like an actual band. This is the first, yeah. So, I mean, this kind of experience is like every step is a, is a new step for you. That's got to be kind of uh, kind of scary, but also kind of exhilarating at the same time, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I think by now I'm, I'm kind of used to everything, you know, the, the writing process, the touring process, everything. I mean, I've been in the band for, what, two and a half years mm-hmm. now? And, uh, you know, we all know each other. We're friends and all that, so... 
it doesn't it's not as scary anymore you know it's more fun i guess <laughs> were you scared but, in the beginning yeah i, I mean I, I think i'd be lying if i said i wasn't you know anyone would but it was mostly positive it was mostly like like challenging i guess you know and trying to just do your best and take it one step at a time and yeah i mean it it was scary yes but it was it was fun at the same time so did well, they make it easy yeah. for you or did they pull a jason newstead on you <laughs> no they they definitely made it easy they in the beginning they all they wanted me to do you know was just sing write songs and sing i didn't have like any other tasks or whatever because they just wanted me to ease me into it you know but by now that I'm used to all that, all that stuff. It's like, I always tell the guys like, what can I do to help? Like, do you want me to look into flights? I'll book the flights or I'll, you know, I'm doing more interviews. Whereas in the beginning, I didn't really do that many inter- interviews and just, just stuff like that. You know, as long as you're not lugging gear, singers don't lug gear. That's, that's the next I- t-shirt you buy yourself. No, I actually do that, but no. but I do that because I want to. Because <laughs> when we get to the venue, it's like, okay, do you want to help bring the gear in, or do you want to set up the merch? And I'm like, okay, I'll help bring the gear in. <laughs> oh, you don't want to set up good, the merch? That I don't know. I, I'd be folding t-shirts. You know, forget yeah. to forget the no. the drummer. I've seen those drum kits these days now with those metal dudes. They want they they get so much <laughs> crap. No, forget it. I'm folding shirts. No, I actually do don't really like it all that much. Like some days I'll do it. Obviously, some days I'll help with the gear. Some days I'll help with the merch. Some days I won't do any of that because we don't have any time. You know, like let's say we're like the first band, so I have to like warm up and get ready right away. But um, I definitely prefer the, uh, you know, bringing the gear in rather than setting up the merch. <laughs> now, you should be kicked back in the van and just wait until you, they call you. And that's when you yeah. that's when you step in and then take over. Yeah. OK, I, gu- I guess I guess that's how most singers do it. <laughs> <laughs> they just carry that microphone in a golden box. And what was it Ben Wyman said a couple like a month ago? He said, uh, I'd rather have more AIDS than more singers. I think that's what he said. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I get the jokes. Like I, I've yeah. been in a room with a bunch of singers before and I, I know what it's like. I've seen like anything from extremely high maintenance to extremely low maintenance as well, you know, because not everyone's the same, but but I, I get why why all these people say you know that stuff. It's, it's true. There's some truth to it, obviously. Well, there has to be something about a personality that is willing to get on a microphone, not hide behind an instrument or the sound of that mm-hmm. instrument. Mm-hmm. It is their sound. It is them. The most human-like a projection that can happen is the singers. And so it has to take somebody special, not only in talent, but also somebody who's willing to kind of expose themselves risk all that stuff as a singer when you're performing yeah yeah absolutely and i think that's the main i think that's something that shows i guess if you see someone's first steps in music because when i first started out and i first did gigs like before the agonist um and even my first gigs with the agonist i was terrified i was like on stage, just stood in one spot, looked at the ground, and like, 
holding the microphone as if I'm I'm reciting a poem or something, you know. Um, and then I would look at other singers that had done like maybe less gigs than me, and they were just naturally good on stage. And I think that's where you can see the difference in personality and the difference in like, I guess if someone has it naturally, um, that they're more of a outgoing uh, character. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but I definitely wasn't like that. It was something I I'm still working on, you know, like the last time I saw you, or the first time I saw you play, I didn't notice anything that seemed out of the ordinary. You seemed like you were just so comfortable and, and owned it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, see, I'll look at my first videos and I'll be like, oh, my God, that's terrible. Well, we all <laughs> do that. Like, I mean, I mean, I listened to yeah. our first podcast. We're like, oh, that's a bucket of crap. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> bullshit, Chuck. That was awesome. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean, you're going to be the most critical of yourself, obviously. But but I mean, like, yeah. you know, it's um, you didn't seem shy at all or anything like that. And that was maybe a year oh. on. OK, well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe so it wasn't you, that bad. Do you kind of like fake it till you make it type of thing? Like you get up there and you're like, I'm just going to pretend I'm confident. No, actually not at all. Because I mean, not for me, because when I look at like artists and front people that I admire and I respect, I notice that I always like the people that look more natural and more comfortable in what they're doing. And I can always tell, maybe not always, but most of the times I can tell when it's like, when someone's moving on stage naturally or when they're faking it. So I really don't like the people that fake it. And that was one of the things I said to myself that I would never fake it. So before a show, it's, um, you know, I'm going through the set list in my mind, let's say, and thinking about the gaps between the songs and what I'm going to say to the crowd. But I can never actually formulate like a paragraph of what I'm going to say to the crowd because it really depends. It depends on the show. It depends on the the crowd's response. And I usually like in the moment I find something to say. And some nights it's going to be a great speech, and other nights it's going to be terrible. But that's just a risk, you know, that I'm willing to take every time. So, but the songs themselves, you're confident in. Well, yeah, yeah. When it comes to singing or screaming and actually performing, that's okay because I'm in my element. And it's it's much easier to sing something than it is to say something. Yeah, if that yeah. makes any sense. How many times have you seen bands that that can't get the 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 interstitials? They can't get the stuff in between. It's like, oh boy, you know, it's a great show except for <laughs> you know that, yeah. that stuff. It's hard. It's hard, and it's definitely something that you know gets better with time and with experience. Yeah. Are you like thro- throwing out like political topics sometimes between songs? Not really. I try to keep politics out of it because we're not, you know, a political band at all. And no matter what you say, you're going to piss off, you know, some people. So <laughs> uh, really what I say between songs is just targeting the audience and speaking to them. So whether it's about like the next song that's about to come in if it's like a really brutal brutal song i'll ask them to like mosh or whatever you know the typical stuff or i'll I'll talk about just days away from a mustang like rant i just i can feel it in (laughs) you 
what, what, what do you what would you do all right you're, all right all right so here it is you got like, the opportunity you, know, right. you got the opportunity to go on a mustang like rant what do you rant on what do i rant on oh yeah. well th- this would be cliche but it, i would rant on music but uh, i don't know if that's as interesting is it no. It wouldn't be like industrial farming <laughs> or like Monsanto or, uh, you know, something, you know, something like that. The, no, the cause du jour, like what, uh, you know, if you, if you got a cause, what kind of cause would you rant about? Are you, are you going to call out like a, 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 some pop band? You know, you got to get specific if you're Mustang like rant. Right. I got to get specific. Uh, well, I'm not going to call out like any specific artist or band or whatever but uh, i'm gonna call out i guess the way the music industry has you know developed over the years and how everything is so overproduced that you know nine out of ten bands are just shouldn't be doing it in the first place they're not good enough and because Technology has, you know, developed in a way where someone can't sing and then you just throw autotune on them and they're perfect. And not only do they sound perfect, it's like people's ears are conditioned to it so much that they think that something is bad when it doesn't have autotune on it. Mm. So I think that's my rant. It's like music shouldn't be like that. I'd rather listen to something that's imperfect but natural sounding rather than something overproduced and overtuned and just perfect you know is that an issue in metal as much as other genres unfortunately yes it's it's something that i didn't expect you know to happen but i'd say like the last what 4 5 6 years it's been happening in metal as well and and i've seen it i've seen it in like comments for for myself too where a lot of people are saying like oh she can't sing or because i don't know um i have this part in a song that's like really raspy or aggressive singing and someone will comment that it sounds very strained or forced and i'm like wow i guess that's because i don't have the pretty auto-tuned vocals i guess yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. who's an example of somebody who does the auto-tune vocals in metal? I can't think of one. Yeah, me either. Oh, you should not be asking me that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tried. Oh, I tried. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm I sure you, you can think of it. a bunch of bands, but if you're not going to call them out, I'm not right on. either. So. <laughs> well, but if nothing else, I mean, like for you, the, nobody should be calling you out on your uh, on your on your singing. That's like yeah. it's like you you pretty much you've got a hell of a voice. <laughs> well, thanks. Well, I mean. I expect, you know, negative comments. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're a good singer or you're a bad singer. It's like, it's personal taste. So I can understand if someone just doesn't like my voice, you know. Yeah, if they don't like the way you growl or if they don't like this part, that's one thing. But, you know. That's one thing. But when, when I guess your ears are so conditioned to the fact that there has to be auto tune or it has to sound pretty or soft or, and then you hear something else and because it's not what you expect you think it's like bad or you know this person can't sing because of that i've even seen comments saying that i'm out of tune 
you know, wow. Has Agonist ever <laughs> had to utilize auto-tune or anything like that any time in its past? I have no idea. Um, hmm. You mean before I joined the band, right? Or, well, I assume if you're going to say I've never used auto-tune, which I would assume you would say, then, okay, well, have they ever done it in the past, you know? Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know what it was like before I joined the band. And I mean, you know, some... But you, but you would hear it if you could hear it, right? Yeah. In general, you mean? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like like you were saying before, like, I can hear it when it's auto-tuned. You know when it is. So right. So I, I, right. I don't have an ear for that, so I'm not sure, but I was like... Well, geez, I wonder if, like, you know, the band has ever no, done I, it. Right. No, I, I definitely don't hear it on, on the older material. The weird thing is, is that I think, like you're saying, as people get used to hearing it, they almost desire to hear it. So when they don't hear it and they do hear a flaw or they do hear a mistake or they do hear something like that, they don't know what to think about it. And it's like, and, and it sounds mm-hmm. just really Absolutely. wrong because they're just so used to it being so normalized. Yeah, yeah. And it's not about a mistake. See, because there's auto tune, which is just something that you take and you apply all over the vocal and it just makes it like pitch perfect. Mm -hmm. And then there's like manual pitch correction where if there was an off note, you just take that off note and you fix it a little bit. But the difference is that when you use auto tune and you heavily apply it to a person's voice, it actually affects the tone of that voice. So if you, it takes away like the uniqueness, the color of, of someone's voice. And it almost, I don't know if, if, if you can think of any band, for instance, where like a couple albums in like four or five, six albums, let's say they release an album and then suddenly the singer sounds a bit different and you don't know what it is, but they don't sound like themselves. Mm. That's usually because of the auto tune. Yeah. And I think I think that's what bothers me. It it the fact that we're correcting mistakes is okay because you know we're just trying to create a song that doesn't have mistakes and that's totally okay. But when it comes to the point where it's like altering a person's performance or their natural tone or color of their voice, that's what bothers me. Yeah, because you want to, I mean you definitely want to have that sort of thing. Uh, and that gives it the color, that gives it the character, the and makes it that band. Uh, you know, and a yeah. lot of people cover try to try to cover up age. You know, a lot of time because they're trying to make themselves sound like they did ten <laughs> years ago. You know, and their voice isn't quite the yeah. same way it used to be, and it's it's almost useless. You know, I think I, I was was it the new Black Sabbath or something like that. I was thinking about where in spots where they were using some of that, and it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's not what Ozzy sounds mm-hmm. like. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure they did it because, you know, because of his age, he wasn't able to nail those notes. So I guess it had to be done, but at the same time, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's like, that's not what he sounds like. Vicky calling out Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> this is blabbermouth well, actually, worthy. I this did, is great. I added to, to you know, I, I didn't bring this up. <laughs> well, but some of those, like, it was funny. I was driving around in the car with my buddy, and he was, uh, we were listening to some old Zeppelin song. He's like, you ever hear the mistake in this song? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, okay, this part right here. Listen, listen. And it was like a break on the guitar. He's like, oh, see that? They totally missed that. And I was like, I never... <laughs> Never would have noticed that if he didn't, if he hadn't pointed it out to me. He's like, oh, yeah, that's like one of those legendary things. And I'm like, well, 
but that's also like part of the whole mystique of it. It's like it's so cool that that's there that they left that and it's still yeah. legendary. Because the main difference, like with with bands back then and Led Zeppelin, is that nothing's edited. So like every instrument is a little bit off, but because they're all off and they blend well together, it gives it that like raw feeling, you know, of like it almost sounds like you're listening to them play like right next to you, mm. you know, in the next room. Um, whereas right now, the way everything is recorded and produced, it's like every instrument separately is edited and make sure it's on time, make sure it's on pitch. And what happens is that because everything is edited, if you leave one little thing like that out, people will notice it. Yeah. Because when, you know, 99% is perfect and there's one little thing that's off, it pops out a lot more. Yeah, it's not like an Easter, it's think, not like an Easter egg. It's actually you know, then uh, it, it becomes something bad. I disagree with both of you. I think that bands were richer and drugs were cheaper. That's the, <laughs> the that's the reason all that stuff was in there. Yeah, probably not there. Sounds good, yeah. man. So good. My donuts, goddamn. <laughs> Vicky, can we ask you like about like all right? So you were an integral part of the most seamless, awesome band member switchover thing in the history of band member switchover things I, it was it was <laughs> so clean and so perfect and painless how? it seems so painless. painless yeah so how from really? your perspective how did it go down so well well i i didn't never realize that it went down that well actually <laughs> i mean sure there were like a lot of positive comments on the switch but then there were a lot of negative ones as well and i guess that's but it expected, was like you know it was like as soon as uh uh what's her face uh <laughs> went from agonist <laughs> to uh to uh arch enemy right and like and you came mm -hmm. in it was like it was like one press release practically and nobody had a clue before it happened and and right. there was like recordings and stuff like already boom here they Ready are to rock and moving on and going wow that was amazing it was so it's like yeah so when they when they call you up and say guess what you're coming to Montreal do they say but check us out like you can't even tell your mom you know like how does that go down yeah that's almost what happened you know i could tell my mom obviously but <laughs> i couldn't tell you know but she can't tell anybody people. else you know <laughs> well yeah i told like a couple close friends like two three people let's say and then when i came to montreal a couple close friends of the band knew as well but there were a lot of people that didn't know and i was introduced as like a friend of our guitarist's wife for instance because they couldn't say, here's our new singer, you know. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there was a lot of secrecy for like two months or so. Um, but what happened concerning the press release and like the songs that were out after that is basically because both The Agonist and Arch Enemy were on Century Media at that at that time. We were going along with Arch Enemy's schedule, so we didn't know what they were doing exactly, but we knew that we couldn't go out and say that, you know, this happened before they said it. Makes sense. So we just made, yeah, yeah, it's it's a respect thing, you know, they're the bigger band on the label, so label asked that, that of us, and, 
you know, we went along with it. Mm-hmm. And what we did is we made sure in the meanwhile to, you know, do a photo shoot <clears throat> and record some tracks so that when they do release the whole announcement or whatever, that we had material to post as well. But yeah, I mean, normally you see like you normally you see like the you know one group falling apart, and then they start tweeting about each other, and then next thing you know, somebody is insulting somebody's mom, and you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on, and, and it seemed like there was none of that stuff, and it just was click, 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 yeah. and everything was off to the races with the new setup, and and everybody's happy and and moving on. Yeah, we we tried to keep away from that as much as possible because. There were hints, you know, in the beginning and there were questions about why this whole thing happened and, you know, people trying to dig into it and find all the dirt. But at the end of the day, it's like, who cares about that stuff? We're a band. We're making music. We're continuing to make music with a new singer. It doesn't really matter what happened and why it happened, you know. Well, I care about that and stuff. Vicky, there, there's only one person out there who cares about the dirt, and unfortunately, that's me. Yeah. So, <laughs> hook me up. You kind of care about it, yeah. <laughs> Two and a half years have passed. You can say anything. You're not even on Century Media anymore. No, we're not. <laughs> we're so, just, so uh, were you guys happy with how that all went down? Did Or did that feed into some sort of discontent with Century Media when all was said and done that, that then forced the, the, the change of labels? Well, it wasn't forced. What happened is that our contract was done because it was for four albums. And then we were faced with a choice to either renew, stay with Century Media, or move on to a different label. And we got a couple offers you know, with Napalm, obviously, and other labels I don't even remember right now. And we just weighed it down, and the Napalm deal was better than what we had with Century Media, so we went along with that instead. Oh, I can't even get you to say bad stuff about the old label. Usually that's easy. That's the, that's, that's red meat. I'm yeah. Terrible. yeah, I guess this is our first and only podcast together. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. I haven't I'm been bad, have I? Dirt. No, I I've been bad, apparently. I'm not giving enough dirt. <laughs> no, no way. No, no, no way. No, you're, no, a, no. you're awesome. You're just like, we're not used to having a really nice singer on, you know? It's like, oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, usually we go, we want the singer because we want the most damaged person in the band to come on because usually the damaged person will will just dive into something you know but uh okay yeah, so so that means so that means where where is your damage vicky i mean if there's yeah, totally. is there is there something going on that we that we we don't know about mm, i don't i'm sure there's a lot going on that you don't know about. <laughs> but true. is it interesting you know or worth mentioning i don't think so i mean I don't know. You sound totally uh, normal, which is when you were awesome. <laughs> yeah. When you're doing those YouTube videos, did you have like an aspiration for what has now come true or did you have a different plan or no plan? What was you know, what 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 were you thinking about when you were making those yeah. originally? Yeah, that was part of the plan. It was really just to get myself out there because being in Greece, it's um a country way out there that, you know, not a lot of metal musicians are able to get out of. <laughs> and um, I figured I would do a couple of YouTube videos and try to get my name out there. And it was either get picked up by a band, which happened, or somehow get YouTube famous, you know. Yeah. Um, but fortunately, the first thing happened and I kind of 
distanced myself from the covers. So you were in Greece when the whole economic like fallout went down? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was wow. living it. <laughs> no way. I mean, we heard horror stories over here of like, you know, you can't get money out of your ATM, that sort of thing. I mean, what what, what was your situation there? Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Um, the worst thing is how much minimum wage dropped and how it was just it wasn't even worth working anymore almost. Um, well, obviously you had to work because <laughs> you have to make money, but it, it dropped to the point where if you're living on your own, you can't live on your own anymore. You need like a roommate or two or three to, to get by. The thing with me was that I did a couple, like a bunch of day jobs or whatever when I was 18 Basically, when I started living on my own, I would work like, you know, waitressing jobs or or uh, desk jobs or whatever just to get by. But then when I was about 22 or 23, I decided that I really wanted to focus on music because what would happen is I would come home, you know, at 5 p.m. I would make supper for myself. I'd eat and then I'd be so exhausted I didn't have the energy to to sing or to do anything musically. So I just basically said fuck it, you know, to day jobs and I focused on music. And that's when I started doing the the YouTube covers as well. And I tried to make a living off music at the same time, you know. I mean, the money wasn't that great, but I would give like vocal lessons to people or I'd do gigs with like cover bands for for money and stuff like that. So did yeah. you have did you have family over there at that time? Was your entire family over there? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my they, whole family. Are they still there, or did they come back to the states? <laughs> well, my dad is back in the states now uh, because of that. Yeah, because uh, yeah, we needed money basically. So yeah. So so did you end up like? I mean, when the the economic floor falls out, it, you you don't go to restaurants anymore. You don't hire anybody to teach you how to sing anymore I imagine I mean how how were you able to retain the work that you had or w did the transition to singing uh happen before just at this? the right time yeah fortunately I never really took a lot of like vocal lessons like I, I had a couple lessons um when I was younger in like classical singing like opera style but uh, I just decided that that wasn't for me, so I just stopped. I thought it was, like, a waste of money. And then I just, like, I was self-taught when it came down to music. And because of, like, the way I sing, like, my vocal style where it's, like, a little more raspy and aggressive, but it's still singing, it's not screaming, that was the reason I was able to find, like, a couple of students as well. Like, because they were in the same boat as me, where they don't want to learn how to sing like classically, but there aren't any teachers really for that. So they would come to me and I'd try to help them out, you know. So I, I managed to get by <laughs> for yeah, a time. I've been living with like eight people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I had a roommate, but um, I was. Just living very poorly, you know. I would stay at home all day. I would definitely cook. I'd never go out to eat. Um, I wouldn't go out for beers or anything like that. I'd just invite friends over and we'd get, like, beer from the grocery store and chill on the balcony and, you know. 
But fortunately, this happened to me, so I didn't have to stay in that situation for a long time. Yeah, you had to be stoked when that call came in. Yeah. 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 It felt like all my hard work and the sacrifices, you know, that I made financially, like it paid off. And two, to be able to kind of step into something that's already got legs, you know, with, uh, you know, instead of like starting from the ground, ground up. You know, the agonist at least had kind of gotten a little bit of movement before that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it was so different compared to, like, other musicians that I'd worked with in the past. Just the level of professionalism was, it was there. <laughs> Whereas, you know, other co- collaborations that I did in the past, it just really didn't exist. It was like local bands and the mindset was wasn't really... It was more like a hobby to them. Yeah, you still know? learning. Yeah. So when the call comes, do you like pack up your bag and what's left of your stuff and just bolt for Montreal, or how, what do you do? Yeah, that that's well. It was like a month later that I actually left, but that's basically what happened. It was um, in January, I think January end of January. Yeah. They asked me, I said yes, and a month later I was there. And you go and you get to be somebody's sister for a couple of months, and then, you know, <laughs> or a friend of, a friend of somebody's brother or brother in law, or, you know, <laughs> something like that. So, so did, yeah. they, did they hook you up with a place to live to start? Did they put some money in your pocket to get you going? How'd that work? Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I stayed with uh, Danny, our guitarist, and his wife. Um, I stayed with them for like two or three months in the beginning because I I went there and then we started working on the album right away. So I couldn't really leave. (laughs) (laughs) They had you. That's got to be a little interesting because it's like, you know, they they might have a different sleep schedule than you got. I mean, they they had a, you know, there's different TV to watch. I mean, how, I mean, that's kind of odd to like, you know, come halfway around the world. He's a stranger. She's a stranger. You're living with them. I mean, how, how awkward was that? It wasn't that awkward, surprisingly. Like, I understand like a hundred percent what you're saying and like how it could go wrong on so many levels. Like, yeah, they could have, they had no idea who they were bringing from the other side of the world. I could have been a psychopath, you know, (laughs) but singer, you know. Yeah, yeah a singer so- too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was it was all very smooth, and like our interests are pretty similar. Like, yeah, like you said, there's different tastes, I guess. Like, what do you want to watch? I want to watch a comedy, or I want to watch a horror film, whatever. But it's like it's not important at the end. Like, we'll we'll spend some time together, we'll eat together, then I'll go in in my room and like. If I want, I'll watch something on my laptop, you know. It wasn't like we were in each other's feet, you know, every every day. <laughs> well, plus somebody pulls you off a sinking ship, you know. You're grateful just to <laughs> be, hey, thanks. Absolutely. There's no damn jobs over there anyway. Thank you. I'll, I'm yeah. cool. I'll watch, I'll watch Seinfeld. It's fine. Whatever, you know. It's all good. Exactly. Exactly. I was not going to complain about I'm, – I'm easygoing to begin with, so – Especially if someone's doing me a favor, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, so after those two three months, then I mean, uh, how how'd that time out? Did you end up hitting the road, or, or do you just find your own uh, place? You find a job? What do you do? Oh well, I actually live in Chicago, like permanently now, okay. because my dad's back there, 
and we have a place there. So, well, we didn't at the time, but now we have a place there. <laughs> so what I do is when I'm not busy with the band, I just stay in Chicago. Well, Vicky, it's been awesome talking with you. Thank you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Uh, new record is uh, is out September 30th, uh, and five is, is badass, so congratulations. Thank you so much.
subscribe to the Metal Sucks Podcast today. Carbomb, that one's called From the Dust of This Planet. Out their new record called uh, Meta. That one produced by Joe Duplantier, recorded in their uh, new New York studio, all that good stuff. We talked to him back in the podcast, and we're referencing this uh, new record that's going to yeah. be out here at the end of the month. So, Yeah, that's yeah. like the bulk and perhaps the entirety of their marketing campaign <laughs> is are the words <laughs> produced by Joe Duplantier. You know? I know. It, which, yeah. Yeah, it's I weird. mean, if you heard that song, you would have been like, uh, "Where was Joe Duplantier in this room when you recorded it?" I mean, it's 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 a Gojira like that. The whole structure and everything is just sounds really Gojira like, but it's still a good song. I liked it. No, no, it's a, it's a good song. When I hear that guitar sweep, that like that like that yeah. thing, that fucking signature Gojira sound, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, it reminded me that we talked about that. 
uh, the first time I listened to that song, I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we did talk about that, didn't we? Uh, but really, that's what's really kind of strange, though, is like you're saying, is that this is some of there's there's like no like not a lot of promotion that's going behind this stuff behind this I'm particular not, album is there i'm not sure if they got a facebook page at all they they, do. i don't see any tweeting really going on there's but the, i guess what this is the thing it's a new band right but there's no like sort of they're not even that attempt new. well there's no even like sort of attempt at some sort of personality to accompany these you know the social media i see this with a lot of bands where like their social media c- exists solely to promote their stuff yeah. you know yeah but that's i mean that's not what our interviews are about that's not what social media is about it should be about letting people know who you are and why you do what you do and from out of that people will hopefully respond with hey i like that and i like you and i'm going to pay for your shit yeah. Well, and that's and I think that's the that's the kind of strange thing is I think there's so many different there's a couple of different ways to look at how you do these things. Like people would look at the interviews that we do or the podcast that we do uh, and the guests coming on as a guest as basically this is the promotional tool. OK, here we are to promote record. This is what we are going to talk about. Promote record. And that's not that's so not what we want to do. Right. You know, I mean, that's right. the whole goal is to stay away from that sort of thing, even though. Like tangentially, that's what we're doing. You know, I mean, we're talking we we're talking to Vicky about, you know, the new the new agonist record and stuff like that. So, I mean, there is some of that. But but for the most part, we want to focus on who that person is. And by developing that personality a little bit, that basically is able to kind of make personalize it and and make it make it their own and make it something that that is not out there and i think that's uh, something artists are starting to finally learn in a lot of cases is that by the way it's not just about promoting your stuff it's about becoming some kind of personality because you know you remember four or five years ago it was all about make sure you've got content 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 whatever that content is if you're in the studio make sure you're videoing what's going on in the studio and posting it in tour diaries if you're on tour make sure you shirt two tour diaries and this and that and what did those all sort of become they became these promotional tools because they weren't done right and this is what's interesting to me is you'll hear like people like go oh my god i hate doing that he he promoting my stuff the whole thing and they're the, usually the ones who are guilty of it more than anybody else where they use it just to promote the product and that's not what all that's supposed to exist for you yeah. know like like you, you know we rag on those behind the scenes you know uh studio videos and stuff all the time oh i hate those but, things but I still remember seeing one from Seven Dust a few years ago where uh, Joey Belladonna showed up in the studio and they played him the song and Joey started to cry. And I was like, holy shit, I got to I gotta hear this. You know, what? they didn't play the song. They kind of had it soft in the background. I was like, I got to hear this song. And, it, you know, it, it, it was Seven Dust. It was good. But, you know, I, I didn't quite get what Joey got out of it. But that's intriguing and beyond that it's like not only do i learn a little bit about seven dust and the personality there something about joey belladonna big time exactly big time makes me a bigger fan of joey well and it personalizes it it makes it it's a moment in time that's actually really a cool moment in time now that tracking the snare drum ding 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 ding, that's not a moment in fucking time anybody gives a shit about (laughs) you know it's like well unless it's dave lombardo well or 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 it's like 
you're an uber fan of whatever band, right? You know, but right. did I did I watch all nine episodes of the behind the making of the Sorceress for Opeth? No, not at all. I'm a fan, but I don't fucking give a shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm gonna get the record. It's gonna be all good, whatever. But if there was something really interesting in there, like an interesting little piece of it, like that kind of stuff, like what you're talking about, you somebody else's comes in the studio to check it out or, you know, whatever this uh, this event is, you know, those kinds of things are really kind of interesting. But it's outside but it's not, of a promo, uh, specific promoting the band. Well, and but this is the thing is that, you know, you're not going to make magic happen. I mean, no, otherwise, no, 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 it's not for Opeth would have. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, Opeth have got Joey Belladonna hanging out in the studio the entire time. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Or uh, me, because I'd be crying while listening to that new oh Opeth album, but that's just me. But, um, dude, like, it's 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 just about trying to be real about who you are and exactly. honest about who you are and sharing yourself as much as you can. And there's different places where that is easy to do, and then there's other places where it's really hard to do, and, you know, you just got to find it, you know? And, and there's, you know, look at, like, Doc, right? Doc Coyle. You, you you love the guy yeah. you know he writes he tweets he he comes on our show he does all sorts of stuff and whenever he does anything he's genuine about he's it. authentic and, yeah yeah and so everybody you know a you want to like you know find out like who the new girlfriend is because she's probably super hot and b you you, <laughs> you know you want to you want to find out what's going on with doc because you care because you care about who he is you know i mean how good he is at a at, at guitar uh how great a songwriter he is stuff like that is totally secondary when it all comes down to it to just being like man i care about doc yeah yeah exactly and and creating that sort of relationship with an audience is not is not easy to do but at the same time it's it's all about sort of being genuine one one of the ones that i reference the most uh is probably every time i die my and part partly because i'm a i'm a fucking fan so uh, you know as a fanboy i kind of follow i I follow keith buckley on facebook and twitter and all that shit but what's interesting about it is that you know like that dude doesn't just post about every time i die you know he does you know he posts you know that the videos are coming out that they're streaming it here they got this on there they got that's on there but he's talking about politics he's talking about this he's talking about comedy he's talking about all kinds of other stuff and it's just basically you know it's him it's what he's doing and it's and that is more like that's more interesting to me as a fan than anything else you know it's like i know you have a new record out i'm gonna get it because i'm a fan so that record you know he's not trying to sell it to me and maybe he's trying to sell it to somebody who may not be that particular fan or whatever so you got to keep at least a little some of that but i want to find out who that dude is and that's and that's one of those things that i think is really cool and, and social media gives you that insight and the ones that really understand it uh that that that's what it's used for are really good at doing that stuff. And the other ones are and just using it as a tool. And, and but it's also a really great way to just remind people, you know, there was a time when, you know, bands put out two albums a year. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so that you, you didn't even have a chance to, to forget them, right? Yeah. But now it's like it takes two or three years. And while inside the bubble of the band, you know, you're touring the world and you're, you know, you're busy, you're busy, you're introducing yourself to new audiences all the time. But those people who got into the album the day it was released and saw you on tour a week after that, 
you know, 12 months later, you got to figure out a way to kind of remind them that you're still out there and you don't need to sell them something. Yeah. You just need to remind them that you're there. And like, all right, so great example. Of this is, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Good Tiger, right? Yeah. Uh, the head, head, uh, head Full of Moonlight album's fantastic. I, but it's been, a, it's been a couple months, I got to admit, that I haven't listened to the album. And then I stumbled upon uh, Elliot Coleman, the singer's Twitter feed, at Elliot Coleman, as far as I know. And... Oh my God, this guy's hilarious. And so it's like immediately, you know, I, I read a tweet like, all right, so this is my favorite one that you had last week. It was, uh, I want to get a tattoo that says, too tough to die, but I'm afraid to death of the pain. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's, you know, how do you read that and not go immediately to Spotify or iTunes to listen to that album? You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. I know. And, and, and that's, that's how you like, you find new things to love about an album when it's been a few weeks or a few months since the last time you listened to it. It's, yeah. Another one that, well, and, and, and I think like Matt Heafy's another good example of that from Trivium. I think he does a great job of it. You know, while at one point he's, you know, posting about the tour that they're on and making sure that he's hitting all the all the right moves with we're at this place at this venue and this is what's going on and blah, 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 and posting that stuff. But then also like, you know, posting just little videos of him doing acoustic shit backstage, you know, just this is what I jam while I'm warming up, you know, or whatever. And responding to jujitsu in the Holiday Inn (laughs) Express lobby and responding and responding to fans and shit, you know, that is. As far as like he, he totally embraced that whole um uh the whole meme thing you know like people were putting his head on different performers and stuff and like putting you know, all that shit like totally embrace that it's like and, and like telling people to you know give encouraging people to do that shit it's like and it's, that, it's and that a, kind of stuff is really fun because it's an insight into like i said it's an insight into who that guy is and what his personality is like you know and i think it's so easy for musicians to forget especially when they've been doing it for a while right True. it's so easy to forget you hear about him like like oh my life is so boring and they and they're saying that as they're traveling from Cincinnati to Minneapolis <laughs> to to uh, Milwaukee to Chicago and and you know they're 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 playing music for a living they're meeting new people all the time yeah you're pissing God. in a Gatorade bottle like Elliot Coleman uh, tweeted about recently but you know when you when you compare that to you know a uh, 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 the accountant godless sitting in my nine to five job <laughs> yeah yeah well, you know fuck you yeah, <laughs> fuck you your life is not interesting well who i forgot who said that to us one time it was like oh all that stuff's not the interesting stuff or whatever and it's like well you know honestly the what what is kind of crazy is is that sort of mundane everyday stuff is kind of the interesting thing for a musician for their audience because we're kind of interested in that sort of little stuff you know it's the little stuff that kind of makes us all up who we are you know that's why people post pictures of their fucking tacos and shit you know it's because it's all the little pieces of of what we are and i think the i think what's what's interesting is some people get it that and i I don't know that there's an age difference either that was the other thing i was trying to figure out is like is there an age difference between like older musicians or or younger guys that that have embraced it and i actually just think it's more of who's embraced it or not embraced it and have been able to kind of understand that, hey, okay, maybe this is a little more interesting than uh, than I think it is. And yeah, if you're going to have like behind the scenes videos, you know, you, you can't have like uh, 40 minutes talking about 
what your inspiration was about, and, and then how you you, you tuned your drum pedal. Yeah, and all show that me a practical shit. joke on your bass player. That exactly. shit's fucking great. Like that's fucking yeah. hilarious. You know, uh, you know that that's the kind of or, stuff I want to see. Or or while the vocalist is in the studio going over, you know, track over track over track and get you know getting pissed off, and the rest of the guys are playing video games and on the adjacent to the, in the room adjacent to the control. Or somebody's fucking shit with like the compressor. Somebody's fucking with the auto tune while they're doing it and making his voice right. sound like a goddamn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know are you re- are you recording you know yeah are you recording at noon or are you recording at midnight are uh, where are you getting your food from mm-hmm. do you disagree on what kind of food to get I, I mean god damn it i mean that's the stuff that matters not like we chose the signature v bass for this song because it had a warmer tone than the one f- fuck you i don't care <laughs> and well and 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 honestly the the thing is though is that to some people that is important stuff too you know you know what your what pedals you're using what instruments you're using like to to some people that like, kind of stuff really is interesting as well and you know the there i yeah, think there's but, room I mean, for they're all they're all between the buried and me fans and, <laughs> you know even bt bam doesn't want to hang out with them so. well but i mean but you know what i'm saying i think there's room for all of that stuff i think you can do some of uh, of a little bit of everything and i don't know if that's like way too much to expect for uh you know for bands to be able to do nowadays and you were talking about it's like maybe that's a reason for to, to have a, a record label or have these you know more of a entourage and shit of people because you need to make sure that you're on top of all this shit and you know maybe there's a case to be made for that where you know because yeah. now before you know our radio stations didn't have what, what we call social media managers you know what the fuck was that 10 years ago no <laughs> what you gonna post on facebook fuck you give you <laughs> a goddamn salary and benefits fuck off now that's a thing you know because yeah. you've got to be able to manage it and I think that's and that's part of you know that's part of the whole you know the whole spiel. I, I I totally get it. You know, you're an old school death metal band, or you're you know, or you're a metalcore band, and you just got to look badass all the time. And you know, so therefore, you're not going to like show who you really are. Whatever, dude. I and, would and so want to see who the Tardy Brothers are, man. I want to see yeah. those dudes like working on fucking totally. plumbing and shit, man. I would I'm killed for that. Oh, it's like that betcha. would be fucking awesome. That's the pay-per-view. That's you know what, what I'm I mean? talking about, dude. You know, that shit like that is fucking priceless. You know, I mean, we talked about that with the, with the like yeah. Chuck Billy and the, the, I thought that I want to see his fucking truck safety class. That's what yeah. I want to see. I want to see that shit. Let's bring yep. that to the internet. Why? Cause that's really fucking interesting. And so. that's, and that's what turns you into a mega fan. You I know? know, you want, if you know, all of those videos, the between, you know, behind the scenes, all that stuff, it's all about how do we try to get content to, People who really love us. But I'll tell you what, you can do more than that. You can create content that is interesting to them and to like jack offs mm. like you and me. And endures fans and endures people that are on the on the fringe. Well, I kind of like this band. Well, maybe this will bring them into the fold. It's like, you know, if you didn't if you didn't know then now, you know this and maybe it'll bring more people into the fold. And that's, like, a, and that's if, the whole point. If if protest the hero ever break up, like every member of that band should then go to the most uninteresting bands in the earth just to make them interesting. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know, right? Right? Those guys are pretty freaking interesting. 
Uh, yeah, look out for their new uh, EP that's finally going to come out. Yeah, it's speaking the away. best work they've ever done. It's really good I stuff. I love the Pacific Math. I know. I, I, I subscribed. I, I put my I chip my money in, so it's all good. It, it, so I mean, it's what, the slacker version. Yeah, right. So, so what are the takeaways here? I mean, the takeaways are is be better at social media. I mean, in, in essence, but be real. No, just come on our show and 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 be confess real everything. on our show <laughs> and confess everything. Answer questions honestly and candidly, and and then take that lesson uh, to your social media and your you know your cell phone camera and all that stuff and and start spitting stuff out to people that people will kind of ch- you know want to check out. Be real, man. Be, that's uh, that's because my thing. people care and they'll care for you. And that yeah. and if you're honest and you're open about it. Uh, more people are going to care. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you're, you're going to get more people to come to come to your camp. The more honest and open you are with, with that with that kind of thing. I mean, there was this there was this allure to the rock star sort of image where you didn't know anything about anything, and that's you know from 1987. But I think that I think that mystification is totally gone now. And the realization that you know how many rock stars talk about, oh yeah, it's funny making money at rock and roll. You know, it's I think that's a that's a revelation for a lot of people, you know, because they see you you on stage and they think you're a rock star and they think these things. And it's like you're, you know, real people. Even that's the point. Even if that's your thing and that's, you know, just like, you know, do it balls out, you know, own it. Yeah. Own it. You know, must ain't it. You know, (laughs) totally own it. Indeed. All right. So, um uh, let's see. Let's be real now. Uh, make sure you uh, go to Patreon because uh, we need money. Um, <laughs> we're, we're being real. I'm being now. real. I'm being fucking real right now. Okay, I'm, I'm being totally real. Why? Because this kidney stone is going to fuck with me anymore. I'm going to need some goddamn cash for some surgery. Okay. God damn it. Yeah. If you're going to follow us on Instagram, just so like me, you get a chance to see this thing once it comes out. Uh, you should throw some money at Chuck too. If this surgery is going to be what I think it's going to be, I might actually film that fucking shit for Instagram. Like I might, I might actually awesome. video this thing because if it turns out what I think it's going to turn out, uh, well, I, you know, uh, we can blur out my dick. All right. It's not going to be that big of a blur, so it'll all be good. Uh, uh, no, Patreon.com slash Chuck and Godless. Go there. Support us. We appreciate everybody who's jumped in. We've got a, a, a bunch of new ones that have jumped in. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, supporting us there. And we're going to be adding some extra content. Of course, you get uh, each episode a few days early uh, when you uh, when you subscribe. Uh, so that's a special thing that you get there. And we're going to be adding more and more stuff there as we go. So don't don't blur it out you need to just get a a, a little photograph of prince edward <laughs> just put it on top prince albert prince albert is that it there you oh. go yeah we'll stick edward on anyway <laughs> uh, prince edward's a whole nother it's uh, that's a haircut thing i think is what that is uh but you can also find us on social media i am at bearded ape i'm at godless speaks godless speaks on facebook and spotify and you can uh, dig up my radio show at no control radio if you'd like to go check out and listen some, to some music that i'd like to put out there uh also on soundcloud you can find that up there uh at no control radio as well get replays of my old shows and stuff there and of course you can find this podcast on stitcher itunes uh google play wherever you get your podcast subscribe to it and of course metalsucks.net every single monday is when we love to post this show so you can find us there click on the podcast tab and you'll find all the podcasts listed right there so until next week i am chuck i'm godless this is another metal sucks podcast
You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.